How many of you know that we need a move of God in our world? We need a move of God in our cities. We need a move of God in our communities. We need a move of God in our church houses. I don't know about you, but I, for one, I want the power of God to fall every time we come together. And thank God for His presence this morning. We need the, we need the power of God to fall. That's the only thing that's going to help us. It's the only thing that's going to quench our thirst. It's the only thing that's going to fill us up spiritually. The church is a place where we come to meet God. It's not the only place that we meet God. We can meet God anywhere. But when we come together with God's people, we've consecrated and blessed this place, anointed this sanctuary so we can invite the presence of God into this place. And and people having their needs met, it's a place where the glory of God is supposed to be. His presence is supposed to be there. It's a place where peace and where we can be full of joy in the presence of the Lord. Amen? And I love it when we come together and God just begins to move and people begin to come to the altars as as we've done. And you begin to open your heart up to the presence of the Lord. Let me ask you a question this morning. How many of you would want to see a move of God, not only what we've saw, but around our world tonight? We need, or today, we need to see a move of the presence of God. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, hey, if you want to see that, then you are the church. You're the church. Because here's the truth. If we want our world, if we want our church, if we want our cities to be filled with the power of the Lord, if we want our church to be filled with the majesty of the Lord, with the presence of God and the glory of God, it's it's time for you and I to walk. It's time for you and I to live. It's time for us to, to, to live like we know that we're the temple of the living God. We house the presence of the living God. Amen. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? And as the temples of God, you and I, we've got to offer up a sacrifice to the Father. Hebrews 13 and 15 says, Therefore, by Him let us continually offer up the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, the giving thanks to His name. How do you do that, Pastor? We do that by keeping the fire burning in the lives and in our homes, in our churches. We keep the altars burning hot for the presence of the Lord. Amen. When you look at this this fire and this altar... You'll see that the Bible first mentions the word altar in Genesis chapter 8, verse 20, when the Bible said this, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings to the Lord. And on and on throughout Scripture, we'll see many times after that, that this word altar is being mentioned or this word altar is being used. Our text for this morning is Leviticus chapter 6, verse 12 and 13. I read these Scriptures to the council the other night. And it simply says this. And the fire on the altar shall be kept burning. Amen. I don't have time to go everywhere my mind is taking me this morning. But listen to me. You as an individual, you are the temple of God. In Leviticus here, they were understanding how to set up things within the temple. And inside that temple, the fire shall always be kept burning. Inside your temple. The fire needs to always be burning. Amen. 
The flame still needs to be lit. It shall not be put out, the Bible says. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order on it. And he shall burn on it the fat of the peace offerings. And this is what the end of this verse says. A fire shall always be burning on the altar. It shall never go out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, fire shall always be burning on the altar. Do not allow your fire to go out. Don't allow the fire to go out on your altar this morning. I believe this morning, church, that we need to be concerned with the times that we live in in this present day. We need to be concerned with the neglect of what we call an old-fashioned altar. Hallelujah. I'm not saying that we don't ever pray because I believe we do. But But when we pray, do we actually seek the face of God waiting for His glory to fall? Do we actually believe like that little boy believed if you're going to pray for rain then why didn't you bring the umbrellas because if you're praying to believe God's going to send the rain then we ought to leave with umbrellas in our hand believing that God is going to send the rain. We don't know need to come and be satisfied with a service that just entertains us. Hallelujah. But not going we don't need to go home until we know that God has touched us with his presence. How many of you believe with I that you can come to the house of God and leave the house of God knowing that you've been in the presence of an almighty God. You don't have to leave not knowing that, but you can leave knowing that you've been. Because here's the thing, programs is not enough. Just getting up here and and having a service is not enough. God can do all things, but he doesn't need our programs. He doesn't need our songs. He doesn't need all of those things. He needs our worship today. He needs our worship. We use those things as a tool and 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 an instrument to get into the worship in the presence of almighty God. But can I tell you what what God responds to more than anything else is our prayer. Hallelujah. We need to continue to let the old-fashioned altar burn and let it burn bright in our hearts and in our homes. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let Let the prayer, let the altar burn with our prayers. The Bible tells us that Noah and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses, they all built an altar. The first thing they did was to build an old-fashioned altar. Matter of fact, when you look in the book of Leviticus, it tells us that the offerings that are to be brought to the altar in chapter 1, verse 1 through 17, it gives us, the, gives us the description of burnt offerings and how important that they were in atonement for our sins. And in the text, in this Leviticus chapter 6, it tells us that the fire should never go out. Look at your neighbor and say, don't let it go out. <laughs> don't let it go out. You see, altars not only at church, but also in our own personal lives as well. If the fire goes out in our altar, we are just a form of what God wants us to be. I want to tell you, we become a form of religion instead of being a life on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ. David tells us in Psalms 26, he says, I will wash my hands in innocence so I will go about your altar, O Lord. Look in Leviticus. You can understand that the altar is a place of devotion. It's a place of faith and the fire must never go out it's a place where our sins can be forgiven it's a place where you and I need to visit every day not every other day not once a week not once a month but every day we need to visit the old fashioned altar wherever it may be oh what are you talking about pastor where where does that old fashioned altar need to be it can be in the church house it can be in your bedroom it can be in your prayer closet it can be in your car going to work it can be wherever you want to make that old fashioned altar but just make sure the fire on the altar never goes out amen help us Lord to build an altar 
But my problem is this morning as a pastor and listening to phone calls that I get every week, talking even to ministers every week, that sometimes Brother Rains, they're, 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 they're depressed and they're, and they're oppressed because it seems like the fire has went out in their life. And the fires went out in the church. I want to tell you something, church, and I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, just, I want to say this, and I hope, you, I hope you understand me, what I'm saying. I hope you understand it right. I don't want the fire to go out in our church. Amen. Because if it goes out, we don't need to be here. Are you listening to me? We're just coming rubbing elbows with one another if the fire's gone out. We're just coming saying hello and goodbye if the fire has gone out. But I want a church that the fire is still moving. I want a church that the fire is still burning. I want a church that we can know that we can come before the presence of God and His power will minister to us. Amen. Amen. Whoever we may be in, whatever situation we may be in, it's only the fire of God and an old-fashioned altar is going to take care of some of those things. You can take care of your 12-step programs all you want to. And, that, and, I, and I'm not talking against that. That's good. And you can take care of all the medicines that you want to. But there's nothing that's going to touch you like a touch from Almighty God. Amen. You need His touch. We need to have a place of worship. Amen. And so, Lord, help us to build an altar, an altar where there's no room for disease, where there's no room for sin, where there's no room for unhappiness, where there's no room for guilt. We need a place where we can have victory when we come to the old-fashioned altar. It's a place where the blood flows. It's a place of devotion and of faith. It's a place where you can go into that altar and whoever's going to bother you, you say, hey, I don't care who it may be. I don't care what the phone, if the phone rings, leave me alone. I'm not getting out of here until he touches me. No, y'all ain't listening to me this morning. Because, see, we're still in a state of mind that if a cell phone rings, even while I preach, you're going to get up and go out the door and answer it. Pastor, why are you on our, on our case? I'm trying to help you. We think the phone call is more important than what God wants to say to us. Come on, somebody. You know I'm telling you the truth. And God is trying to speak to us. And God is trying to minister to us. And God is trying to help us. But yet we don't give him time to help us. We don't give him enough room to help us. Make a room for God. Make a room for the Holy Spirit. Amen. We need a place of worship, not only in the church. If we only, listen, if we only worship God in church, we don't have an altar. We don't have an altar. Abraham in Genesis told the men to wait. You remember this story. He basically said, wait, I got something to do. I've got something personal I've got to go do with God. And he knew that in order to worship God, there was simply going to be a cost that was involved. And he was willing to make that cost. He didn't like it. He didn't like what God asked him to do, but he was obedient, Brother Larry. He was obedient to what God had asked him to do. And it was a total surrender of his will to offer his son, the son of promise, this son that God had given him, this son that, was, that so richly blessed his life. He was going to offer this, 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 this son of promise back to God. You see, I'm not talking. I'm, I'm, I'm simply talking about more than just singing when we come together because somebody is leading us into singing. I'm talking about this morning about going past just dancing just because somebody is dancing. I'm talking about more about clapping just because somebody has told us to clap and we're emotional and all that kind of stuff. But God wants to know this morning what is in your heart. Are you wanting more than just a song and a dance and a shout of praise simply because it's the program? Oh, yeah. We need more than that. We need more than that. And you look back at Abraham and you'll find that he built an altar. He built an altar. 
He, he built an altar in obedience to the will of God. He built an altar and he knew that it was going to cost him everything, his only son. He built an altar because he was looking at the cost of his worship. The cost of his worship. That sacrifice by Abraham, it pleased God so much so that he was called a friend of God. He's a friend of God. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, that's a wonderful thing to be called, isn't it? A friend of God. Why? Because he built an altar to worship the Lord. You've got to understand that worship will simply quicken our conscience to the holiness of an almighty God. When you and I are pure in heart and have given ourselves to be set apart for his service, it will quicken our conscience. It will make us more like Jesus. It will make us more aware of his presence. Amen. We need the holiness of God today in our churches more than any other time. Holiness of God can take away the compromise of sin within the church. People today need to see the real holiness of God when they come to the house of God. Hallelujah. They don't need to see something fake. They've got enough fake out in the world. They need to see something real today. Amen. Your kids need to see something real today. Hallelujah. I remember my daddy talking about my grandfather watching a ball of fire go from one side of the church to the other side. And every pew that that ball of fire passed, people were slain under the Spirit. I've not saw that yet. But I've prayed many times, God, let me see the fire of God flow like my grandfather did. Let my children see me slain in the Spirit. Let my children see me worship you as never before. Hallelujah. I hope some of y'all are getting this because it's about to take me all over. David, King David, all of a sudden the Bible says he danced before the Lord because God's presence was back in the house. His presence was back in the house. And he started dancing and leaping and praising God. His wife looked out the window and got embarrassed of him. He said, if you think that's something, you better hold on because God is back in the house with us. Mm. Help me, Lord. I don't want to offend nobody, but some of us don't understand God's presence not being in the house because he ain't been there in the first place. It's been so long. Samson shook himself. He didn't even know. Didn't even understand that God's presence was not with him. Shook himself. He just thought he was going to do like always, Brother Rangers. He'll shake himself and he'll defeat the Philistines. But God had withdrew his presence. Lord, help us not to get that way. Help us not to get that way. Hallelujah. I'm talking about a place where we can fill our minds with the goodness and the greatness of Almighty God. A place where nothing will compare to His greatness. There's no problem. There's no troubles. There's no sickness. There's no death. Even compares to the greatness of Almighty God. Romans 8.38 says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other thing will be able to separate us from the love of God which is Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. What are you talking about, Pastor? I don't care what you're going through. Nothing should be able to separate you from the love of God. I don't care what problem you're going through. Nothing shall be able to separate you from the love of God. I don't care who hurts your feelings. Nothing shall be able to separate you from the love of God. I don't care that you were offended or not. Nothing shall be able to separate you from the love of God. Are you following me this morning? Not saying we might not have some things we've got to work out along the way. But nothing should be able to separate me from the presence of Almighty God. God, you can take my homes, you can take my cars, you can take my clothes. But just don't take your presence away from me. Because His presence is everything. Hallelujah. Worship will open our heart to the love of God. 
Because his love is so great that you can't sink so low to get away from it. His love is there. Amen. His love is so great you can't fly high enough to get away from it. His love is there. His love is so great that no matter what direction you go, you just can't get away from his love. The presence of God. David said it this way in Psalms 139. He says, Lord, where can I go from your presence? Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and I dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. What are you talking about, Pastor? If I go to another city, he's there. If I run down here to this state, he's there. If I go over here trying to run from him, he's there. I can't get away from God because he cares about you that much. He's willing to chase after you. Oh, yes, he is. Oh, yes, he is. What can separate me from the love of God? Nothing. Nothing. Someone may be having troubles with alcohol or whatever sin you may be having trouble with or whatever the case. Here's here's, here's the thing. Quit saying that you're an alcoholic. Quit saying that you're a drug addict. Quit saying that you're weak. Quit saying that you you can stop that sin that's so easily besetting you. Quit saying those things. Quit saying what you need to start saying is simply this. Hey, I am loved by God. I've got some issues, but I'm loved by God. Hallelujah. God loves me. He loves me just the way that I am. And because he loves me so much, he will not leave me the way I am. If God be for you, who can be against you? And if you've got issues, God understands issue problems. And he can take care of the problems in your life. All you've got to do and all I've got to do is turn them over to the Lord. Oh, yeah. So if you're in the house this morning and you've been waiting you got saying, I've got to give up some stuff before I get saved. Can I tell you? No, you don't. You ain't got to give up nothing in order to come to an old-fashioned altar. Pastor, I ain't never heard that before, but hear it, hear it. I'm telling you the truth. Because when you come and you give your heart to the Lord and you're serious about the Lord, I'm going to tell you, there's some things you ain't going to want to do. Amen. Got to take care of those things in your life. Can I tell you another thing worship does? Worship will direct our will to the purpose of God. Not your will, but His will. Not my will, but His will. So before you you leave today and write that nasty note, (laughs) before you leave today and say something you wish you hadn't said later on, before you leave today and post something on Facebook you shouldn't have never posted in the first place, come on, somebody. Before, before, you, before you leave today and gossip or do those things that you know you ought not to do. You know what I'm talking about. Worship will put you in check. Mm, let me say that one more time because I think one or two got it over here, but I don't, nobody got it over here. Worship is going to put you in check. It'll put you in check enough that you ain't going to do some of those things. Hello? It'll put you in check because worship will direct your purpose to the will of Almighty God. Psalms 37 and 23 says, The steps of a righteous man as ordered by the Lord. He delights in his way. Even in the times I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, simply God has a plan for you. He has a plan for me. And can I tell you this? There ain't no devil big enough to stop his plan. Well, hallelujah. Give him praise in the house. Genesis says in 26, says the Lord appeared to him that same night and said, I am, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not fear, for I am with you. I'll bless you and I'll multiply your descendants and my servant Ab- for my servant Abraham's sake. 
And so he built an altar there and called on the name of the Lord and he pitched his tent there and there Isaac's servant dug a well. Now, I want you to think about this. Somebody said, well, Pastor, what, what is an altar? I know you said an altar can be in your home and altar could be at the church and altar could be... What, what is an altar? Can I tell you that an altar is a place that, that you can find that, that is an awareness of the presence of God. I can get there and it, it, it may be different with everybody. But it's a place where you can find and be aware of the presence of God in your life. It's that moment that you are aware of the presence that God will simply change everything in your life. Amen. Nothing possibly can change the time of depression or times of helplessness or that time of no hope. Nothing could change it until the presence of the Lord comes into your life. You've tried everything else, but try His presence. Allow His presence to change it. If you're taking notes, Psalm 1611 says this. Some of you need to write these scriptures down so it will be a, a source of comfort to you later on this week. Psalm 1611 says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of what? Of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Psalms 35 and 27 says, Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause and let them say continually, Let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Psalms 33 and 20 says, My soul, our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and he is our shield. Psalms 46 and 1 says, God is our refuge and strength. He's a very present help in the time of trouble. Psalms 121 and 1 says, I'm going to lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord who has made heaven and has made earth. Psalms 31 and 24 says, Be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart, all you who hope in the Lord. Can I tell you as your pastor this morning, if you're down and out and it doesn't look good at the horizon, take courage this morning. God is on your side. Take courage this morning and he will strengthen your heart. Amen. Give him praise this morning. He'll strengthen your heart. Hallelujah. And there in Genesis chapter 26, we see that Isaac here was so wise because he recognized the presence of God and he built an altar. He built an altar. The Bible says he pitched his tent. He built his house there in the presence of the Lord. Boy, there's a message right there. Some of us need to pitch our tent in other places. We need, to, we, need to, we need to get the tent up from where it's pitched right now, but we need to pitch it in the presence of Almighty God. But not only did he pitch his tent and he built his house there, he dug him a well. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just wonder what would happen today. If, if, if Blyville, let's just take Blyville. If, if every home in Blyville, if every home in Blyville just built their home in the presence of Almighty God, what would take place? Good Lord. Talking about a place to live. Hallelujah. Isaac dug a well. Here's the, here's, here's the neat thing to me. All Isaac had to do, and this is, this is what we need to do. I'm not, I'm not talking about some of us that grew up way back yonder where we had to go down to the creek to get the water. How many remembers that? You know, it may have been a half a mile from your house, but you had to go get water to, to, to cook and wash and all that kind of stuff. I remember Dad and him talking about it. I thank God I wasn't brought up during that time. I thank God I, I could just go to the kitchen sink, turn the faucet on, and there the water is. You don't know that you miss water until it's gone, right? But years ago, they had to walk, and they had to get water out of the creek or whatever stream. But here, here, here's, here's old brother Isaac. He was smart. He, 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 he built his house in the presence of God. He pitched his tent. He dug a well that all he would have to do, listen, 
This is going to be the best part of the sermon, sermon right here. All he had to do was simply fall out his front door. And he's in the presence of God. Woo! We ain't got to walk five miles. We ain't got to go up to the church house. I'm just going to wake up, fall out of my front door, and there the presence of God is. My house is there. My well is there. An ever-flowing well. Oh, some of y'all ain't excited about that like I am. I mean, that's what we need to do. Amen. He dug the well so he could drink, so he could rest, so he could worship where God is. Hallelujah. What a joy it is. What a joy it is to wake up with the knowledge of knowing that the presence of God is with you. The presence of God is with you. Let him know you're here this morning. Let God know that you're here this morning. Let him know that you appreciate the presence of God. Give him praise in the house today simply because of the presence of God resides in your house house today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isaac did it. Jacob did it. Abraham did it. Noah did it. Now it's your time. It's my time. It's my time. Hallelujah. It's your time. It's not for your pastor. It's not for your pastor's wife. It's not for your mama. It's not for your daddy. It's all about you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't come up beside me thinking you're going to feel the presence of God in your house. Are you following me this morning? Well, Brother Danny, I thought you were supposed to be a spiritual man. I hope that I am. But I'm human. I make mistakes too. And I got I to gotta go back to the well every now and then. Hello? Hello? You, you're not, you're not going to get into heaven by me. You're not going to get into heaven by mama or daddy. Come on, somebody. You got to get your own well. You got to get your own presence of the Lord. And you can have it simply by obeying and giving your heart to the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. How am I going to recognize his presence, Pastor? Build an altar. Build an altar. That recognizes his presence. He'll show up when you build an altar. He'll show up when you begin to call on his name. He'll show up when you begin to pray. Help us, Lord, to build an altar, an altar of prayer, an altar of worship, an altar that simply knows his presence. Help us at pathway to build that altar. Amen. If you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, I've not felt his presence lately. I've not felt his love. I've not felt his peace. I've not even felt his joy. It's just miserable at my house. If you'll just say, Lord, I recognize your presence. It's, it's really simple. Lord, I recognize your presence. I submit to you that you can't say, I, I submit to you that, that, that you simply cannot say in the name of Jesus, but just a few seconds with a sincere heart without sensing his presence. He'll be there. If you're sincere this morning, if you're sincere about wanting the presence of God in your life, all you got to do is call His name. Just simply call His name. You see, the reason that you haven't been able to sense His presence up until now is simply because you've allowed the fire at some point in time to go out on your altar. You've allowed the fire to, to be extinguished on your altar. Why? Think about this where we are today in 2014. We, we go through every day talking to our buddies. We talk to our coworkers. We talk on the phone for hours. We sit down in the TV for hours. We get on the computer for hours. We stay on our cell phone forever. Our kids run. We run our kids around town at supper time and after supper time. We stay on our cell phone even more after that until we go to sleep. We ain't got time for the presence of God. Pastor, why are you being so hard on me this morning? I don't tell you that sometimes we've got to lay it down. Karen can tell you, you've heard me say this before, at our house, you know, and, and we, I fuss about it. I don't always, I'm not always successful with it, but when we sit around the table at supper time to eat, I tell them, leave your phone away from the table. 
We, we wanna have, I, wanna, I wanna eat. We wanna talk to one another. Leave your phone away from the table. And we try to do that. And I would encourage you to try to do that. Matter of fact, I didn't try, I'd encourage some of you trying to put your phone down for a day. I couldn't live. <laughs> oh, yeah, you could. It wasn't just a few years ago that you didn't have them. <laughs> just, it wasn't very long ago. Turn off the computer. Turn off the phone. And get in the presence of Almighty God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. It's, it's time for us. It's really, it really is. It's time for us to roll out of the bed and get off the sofa. It's time for us to get away from the computer and say, Lord, I'm coming to back to my old-fashioned altar. I need to touch you. I need you to touch me. I'm not going to allow the fire to go out, but it shall always be burning on the altar. It'll never go out. I'm coming to the altar, Lord. I'm going to open my mouth in prayer. I want to talk to you. I want to see you. I want to draw near to you. I want to seek your face. I want to be like Moses or Abraham or Jacob. I want to see your glory. I want to see your glory. Musicians, if you will, come. It's time. It's time to build, for us to build an altar. Some of you remember building a fire in the fireplace or them old potbelly stoves when you built them fire. You used to have to, you have to, you just have to stoke up the fire to get the flame burning and rekindled, right? When it would sort of go out a little bit. Fireplace, whatever. You have to stoke the fire a little bit. Find a stick or whatever and, and stoke that fire. Get that flame burning again. Sometimes you have to turn up the coals. And it could be that that's you that this morning. It could be that you have to turn, put a log, a new log on the fire. Or throw a, throw a bigger log on the fire. Some of you know if you want more heat in your house, you've got to turn the thermostat up. Right? You've got to turn the thermostat up. We've got to let the fire get stoked up in us. Because it could be that we just need to stoke up the fire a little bit this morning. So that the world can get warm with the holiness of Almighty God as it, as it radiates through us. Amen. Help us, Lord, to build that altar of worship. An altar of prayer. That altar that recognizes His presence. Help us to be like, O oh, Abraham and Isaac. Help us to pitch our tent and not be moved. Let us come to church with the fire not, not, not going out, but with the fire that is blazing. That it will shine into the darkness of a lost humanity and draw them to the Lord Jesus Christ. We've got, to, we've got to worship. We've got to give God everything within us. We've got to give Him praise. In closing, I want to close with this thought. You and I, we've got to steadily and unfailing, steadily and unfailing maintain the burning fire of God that has ignited in our hearts. It must never, we must never allow the ashes from the world to choke it out because if, we, if we're not careful, it will. It will. We must not allow the passions of our youth to snuff it out. We must not allow the pressures of this life to extinguish it. We must not allow the distressing doubts placed there by the enemy to put the flame out. We must not allow the comforts of this life to be smothered it out. We must not allow the deceitfulness of riches to blow it out. We must not allow the tragedies of life to flood over the fire and put it out. They'll come. All of these things will come. But they can't go out. They can't go out. We must never forget to feed the fire proper fuel. Sister Sue and Sister Langley, I don't, I don't want to hurt you guys' feelings this morning at all. Or bring back some old things and old feelings. 
I was talking to dad the other day in the office, right over here. We was talking about church, talking about things within the church. And, and I said, Dad, and just forgive me a little bit, if you will, for being personal this morning. I said, I don't think our church realizes and understands how significant and how it, it hindered our church concerning Brother Carl and, and Brother Bill. You may, you may have the same feeling I did, but I will tell you there's days that I wake up and I weep. You say, Pastor, why? They were just men. No, they were simply more than that in the church. They were leaders within the church. They were strong pillars within the church. I don't understand some things. I don't know why some things happen the way they do. I don't. But I know this. I've been around church long enough that if certain individuals pass away, and it doesn't mean that they're more important than others that pass away. Don't, don't, please don't misunderstand me. But their presence sometimes means a whole lot. And I'll wake up some days... When I thought about this, about the fire not going out, and if you remember, especially I think it was Brother Langley's funeral service, I made a statement, I think, in that service that, if, I, if I'm not wrong, that he taught Sunday school for years and he'd done this and that for years. His labor is over. The shovel, so to speak, is laid down. The harvest reaper tool is laid down, but now somebody's got to pick it up and fan the flame again with it. You know, you know what I'm talking about. And there's people like that within our church that as I've been growing up that, that leaves us. They're on the presence of God. I wouldn't call them back for nothing because of what they're experiencing today. But I'm going to tell you, don't help my feelings any being here. You know what I'm talking about. I said, Lord, I know we've got to look to you. And that's the ultimate individual we've got to look to is the Father, the Holy Spirit to quicken us. But there's others that you look to in this church as well. For strength and for guidance. Listen to me. Do not allow the pressures of life. Don't allow the tragedies of life to put the fire out in your life. Don't allow it. You got to daily get up and search for the fuel to burn on your altar. Daily. You got to daily put the good fuel, the good fuel that makes the fire burn bright. Burn hot, burn with intense. You got to feed the fire with an earnest thought of the Word of God. You've got to feed the fire with the servanthood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You got to feed the fire with daily time of prayer and His Word. You got to remember to keep the flame burning in your heart for the Lord because if, if it goes out, others will perish. That's looking to you to light their flame. This is what I know. There's, there's three types of individuals here today under the sound of my voice. On this main floor and in this balcony, there's three types of individuals. You're one of them. One of them is this. There's those of you that have never heard about the Lord. You've never heard how He ignites fires. You need to give your heart to the Lord today. There's a second type of individual that's, that's simply this. Those of you who once knew and had the fire burning, but you've allowed the fire to go out. The third person, the third individual is those of you whose fire is still burning but maybe it's not burning hot and intense because you've neglected to feed the fire and keep it clean. Well, here's your chance today. On this Labor Day weekend, here's your chance. You've got to let the Lord ignite the fire within you to rekindle the fire, to clean out 
that fireplace, if you will. Stoke that fire. Put new wood on the fire so it burns brighter. It burns hotter and more intense than it ever has before. Well, Pastor, I, boy, I just really don't feel like coming to the altar today. Look, you have no promise of tomorrow. Sister Marilyn is not here this morning because her nephew was shot and killed this past week. He didn't know that was going to happen that day. And you know people just like I do that have been, that have been killed, that have died, that has no hope of tomorrow. Well, you are here today. You're here. You're here. You're breathing today. You have hope. You have time today to give your heart to the Lord. I promise you it'll be the best decision you ever made if you give your heart to the Lord. I want you to bow your heads with me. Close your eyes. No one looking around. Very quick. I'm going to let them sing in just a second. But I'm gonna, I need to ask you this. What, what type of individual are, are, are you today? What type of individual are you today? Are, are you that individual who's never heard about the Lord? You've never had the fire of God to burn. If that's you, then you need to get down to this altar right now. Are you the type of individual who's, who once knew and has experienced the fire? You've experienced, but for some reason... It's not burning anymore. If that's you, then you need to be down to this altar right now. Are you that individual that the fire may be still burning, but it's not as hot and not as intense? I'm not saying you're dying and going to hell. I'm just saying it's not as intense as it used to be. You've stopped some things. You've quit doing some things. You've pulled back, in other words. Then you need to be down to this altar as well today. You need to come and surrender your heart to the Lord. They're going to sing. I'm going to ask you to stand. And when you stand, if they're here today, don't stand back. Come down to this altar. Make things right with the Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Would you stand? Would you stand today? Thank you, Lord.